Hi, this is Jay of the Dead, and you're listening to the Joe Blow Horror Show. Welcome back, friends, to the Joe Blow Horror Show, the horror podcast you need to listen to. But I don't need to tell you that because you're already listening. I am Boss Tuna, and I am here. I am always here. I am the one that is always on time. I'll always be with you. I'll always be massaging your ear holes for you. And with me, as always, oh, wait, check that. I have the honey-haired bitch himself. Oh, wait, check that again. I am joined tonight by Grindhouse Zombie. Welcome back to the Joe Blow Horror Show. Friends of the show obviously know who you are. You've been on a handful of episodes. I think the last time you were on was... Was it Leprechaun? Leprechaun 4, yeah. Yep, and, and, and I will I will once again say, hopefully one of these times you'll have me on for a really great movie. Like a great movie. Not a good movie, but a great movie. Yeah, yep. Nope. Uh, Travis is working. Nope. <laughs> oh, no, sorry. I'm like fueling text messages. I told him eight o'clock sharp and he's he's working. So he's he's coming. He's going to join us. I was going to fuck with you guys a little bit here and, and act like it was another episode. Oh, what another that that I, I might have just pulled back the fourth wall a little bit because I'm recording these out of order. Uh, so, yeah, heads up. There may be an episode coming up with just Boss Tuna. But Travis will be joining us here before too long. But until then, we've got the Grindhouse Zombie checking in. So tell us, what you what have you been up to? For the fans of the show that haven't heard you in a minute, um, Grindhouse Zombie, what have you been up to? I know you've probably got some news that a lot of our listeners may may already know. But for those that maybe don't cross over, what um, I don't know, share the good news. Oh, shit. I've been... I've been choking down 2022 horror like it's my job. That's what I've been doing lately. Um, anything, everything. Um, Unhinge the, the go- jaw, double wristers, jammers everywhere. The good, the bad, and the fucking ugly. And and I I, I hate to say it, but there's been some fucking ugly lately. Um, I'm not going to say which movie it is because it doesn't correspond to an upcoming holiday at all. Um, oh, but... Uh, there's also been some fucking absolute treasures in there, and I'm gonna I'm gonna go ahead and I, I I've said it I, I, out loud. Uh, Terrifier two, it's a fucking masterpiece. It's wow, an absolute masterpiece. Um, you heard it here for, first, folks. Uh, well, you know what? For for getting back into horror like I have been, and I've kind of had to slowly get myself back into it. The very first one, I, I've said this. I, I I've said it on another podcast. I watched the first Terrifier movie wrong. I watched it wrong. Um, because I watched it again and it was beautiful. And the second one, seeing it in the theater of all places, the whole experience, I was in the theater for almost, I was in the theater for almost three and a half hours. Okay. Um, which is 
on its face, ridiculous. Okay. For what is kind of, I think what anybody would call a B level horror movie. Sure. But the experience was fucking fantastic. And I meant as far as I don't want to get too much into the terrifier too, but I meant news as far as your new podcast venture, my new podcast venture. Yeah. Well, some of our, some of our listeners haven't heard you since March when we covered leprechaun four for our St. Patty's day special. Okay. Well, for the people that are not aware, I am mostly against my will. Um, a, full-on member of the nightclub <laughs> um and that has been a fucking we'll call it a roller coaster but it's been a fucking awesome roller coaster we have done some really fun shit um and then we've uh you know at at travis's behest we sort of started up the dunes cantina and that's been a really fun you know not so much a focal point of a specific movie or a specific topic but just kind of we've got such a great group of guys that come on we've got people from Chuddle the pod and Fixie's playground. Uh, obviously, Joe Blow. Obviously, the nightclub. Imp that shit. Just, just get together and and we call it our fuckabout. That's what we call it. Hey, do you guys hear that? I I thought I smelled something. It smelled like a skunk, and there's just a puff of smoke, and I hear some raging Cajun music. We are blessed with Hogzilla himself. I'd like to call him Honey Hair, but. God damn, if that ain't one good-looking Cajun right there. All clean cut, <laughs> clean hair, nice trimmed beard. Tibu, thanks for joining us. What's up, buddy? I've done life. Now I'm doing death, bud. Yeah, man. What's going on? Like, like a fucking genie, I magically appear because he's talking about fucking Dune's Cantina and shit over there. Yep. How's it going? How's it going, fellas? Well, it's going. It's going. All we got to do is rub your little... Uh, your little your little bottle and poof. Next thing you know, we got Tibu getting spilled all over our chests. Auxilla so, roars. Yes, yes. Well, uh, your co-host, Grindhouse Zombie, was just kind of explaining, uh, or not explaining, but just updating us with a little bit of the the nightclub news. So you guys had some good stuff coming out. The Chuddle of Pod, uh, where you cover Terrifier. Check that out. You guys are mm. pumping out some episodes over there. You've been busy. Been busy. So, but... As we get into this episode here, this is, for for listeners that aren't too familiar, the new format of the Joe Blow Horror Show when we're not doing summer of the this or that and fireside chats. It's a two-part series of episodes. The first episode, if you will, we call it the first leg. That's where Tibu and I are hopping in that RV and and we're we're going out on a venture and we're hopping in this this figurative RV and we're going to the drive-in. There's always a double feature, but on the way, which is the first episode, that's full of a discussion topic. We have our custom segments where we've got actor spotlight, zombie gem of the week. Ooh, what a twist. Mark Nato's shot in the dark. And we're going to come at you with what we call our shotgun reviews. That's going to be the first episode of the first leg of the trip. This right here. I want to welcome you to the second leg of the trip. We are at the drive-in. And this episode is nothing but meat and potatoes, baby. We're coming at you with reviews of The Dead Pit from 1989 and Frozen 2010. Helping us is going to be Grindhouse Zombie. He's actually got a jet. I believe he's on another podcast here guessing. Why don't, why don't you uh, spill the beans? Give us uh, what, what podcast are you guessing on tonight? And you can share the movie if you'd like. 
Uh, yeah. So <clears throat> as part of the Twisted Tuesday um, roundup that they do, um, Handle with Scared does a recording uh, Wednesday night after Twisted Tuesday where they show the movie and then they record the following night. And it is my wonderful privilege to be part of the review for Halloween Ends. Lucky so man. that's what we're going to be talking about tonight. So, nice. Well, I haven't I, seen it yet, and I am excited because I know the most divisive of the three films in this trilogy. So, Tibu, have you seen Halloween Ends yet? Evil dies tonight. Okay, cryptic. I like it. But before we hop in, because I know everybody's like, I'm thirsty. I'm listening to you ramble on here. Let's just get a beer in our hand and get this fucking show on the road. I do got to give you guys a heads up. We are in the dead of what we call our season. We're in the Halloween season. Falls officially started. It's cold as fuck. I'm in the garage. I'm bundled up. I got a hat on. I got a vest and a jacket. And I'm wearing my long sleeve tool uh, underneath that tool shirt. But we're going to be coming at you with a handful of episodes after this. We've already got one of the bank. It's going to be a banger. And we've got a couple other ones. But Halloween night, you are going to get for the third, well, not third year in a row, but every Halloween movie that's come out since 2018, we come out with our fireside chat and we have a special guest for that. So stay tuned. But after this episode, you're going to get some Halloween goodness. The Joe Blow Horror Show Oktoberfest has been in full effect and it will be in full effect. So without further ado, gentlemen, anything else before we stop in at our last stop, getting a beer, as I say, we're already at the, we're already at the, the drive-in. There just happens to be like, um, we'll just call <laughs> it like one of those food trucks, but it's just going to be a beer truck. It's going to be the Twister beer truck. It's a the sexy fucking Sherry moon zombie. I don't know. It's her. It's her. She's pushing a beer cart up to us. Yeah. <laughs> it's All right, a lovely beer down. cart and some gas station tacos. I can't wait to dive in. We're going to step into this gas station beer cart <laughs> something or another. You guys know it's quick and dirty. That's how I like it. Quick and dirty. I'm going to go first because I am ready. I have something that is very festive and it, it fits in with the Halloween season. I'm going to show you guys this can right here. See if you can see it and read it. This bushel of apples. Oh, yeah, bud. This is, I don't even know. It's it's Affy Tapple and it's brewed by phase three. It's a bushel of apples, peanut, caramel, apple pie, ale. Ale with natural flavors and apple juice. Six percent. Got me a pounder here. Let's crack this open and give it a rip. Leave it to Boss Tuna to bring the broke back mountain of beers to the show. <laughs> well done, sir. I haven't good... seen that movie, but I know it's in uh uh, uh Grindhouse's top three, so I'm gonna I'm gonna take that as a compliment. Well, there was so... only there was only two dudes in that movie, so it's in my top two. Yeah. You? There if, you go. if you're going to insult me, get it straight at least. Come on. You're better than that. Uh, <laughs> that one's pretty uh, yeah. good. I'm going to tell you it's an ale, which is an interesting choice. I feel like if you had like a like a stout base, because it's already thick, but I mean, it does have that little bit of a sour tinge um, to it. It's, it's all right. 
I would say on the untapped scale rating, I'm going to give this probably 2.75 out of five, a little bit above average. And what do you got, Tibu? I've got um, two from Elysian. Frequent listeners will know that most of the time I'm drinking uh, Voodoo Ranger Imperial IPA or Elysian Space Dust IPA. So I've got tonight. Super Fuzz, Blood Orange, Pale. I guess that's a pale ale. Um, nice. Pretty cool, trippy, hippy-dippy artwork on it. Haven't, yeah, it haven't cracked like that comments. one. Yeah. <laughs> and then I've also got their Contact Haze, Hazy IPA. Uh, I've cracked this one. It's all right. It's a little bit on the... Uh, Mild? On the weak... Yeah, the more weaker side. Yep. I, I I don't think I'd rate that one very high, and I haven't cracked open the orange pail yet, so we'll we'll find out as the night progresses. We will find out as the night progresses. Grindhouse Zombie got up to go take a pee, I'm guessing, and we know that he sits down when he pees, so it's probably going to take a couple extra seconds. Oh, there he is right now. Perfect timing. <laughs> All right, I went to get a fancy beer so I could be on Brokeback Mountain with you, Cole. Oh. I picked this up the other day just because it looked interesting. It's called the Ahopalypse. Um, Uh, Yes. Yes. Um, So I haven't had it before, but I'll I'll admit that I'm much like you. I'm quite curious. Is it it by uh, (laughs) Bells? Uh, I don't know. It's dark as fuck down here. Hang on a second. I got half my eyes adjusted. Well, I got got half the man cave torn apart, so I've only got half my lights. So let's see. This is... A beer made by Mobcraft. That's who makes this beer. It's Mobcraft. Okay. Nice. They mobbing. They crafting. It looks okay. It's six point seven by volume. So, Grindhouse is gonna need a nap after this. <laughs> um, but you know what? Hey, we'll, we'll give her a whirl. Yeah, cause yeah. Oh, I'm gonna have to chew this shit. I can tell already. Okay. Nice. Let's nice and let's rock it. Four C's. Mm. Ooh, <clears throat> a hopalypse is right. Good golly, Miss Molly. Okay, okay. I chewed my beer. Let's how, how uh, is it? give us a give us a rating. I'm a ratings whore. It's a little sour on the back end, but the taste overall is pretty damn good. All right, I'll take it. I'll take right. it. <clears throat> Perfect. Well, we are going to get right into our first feature review: the mine, a place of infinite mystery. When the mind strays, it can become a place of fear. You next. Jane Doe is a victim of amnesia. I can't remember my past. That doesn't make me crazy. Here at State Hospital, they will unlock the doors to her hidden past. I have a terrible sense of danger here. Now, something powerful and terrifying will be released from the dead. When the mind of Jane Doe is opened. Colin Ramsey has come back from the other side of death. A terror long buried rises to life. He's come back from revenge. And he's come for me. Think your last thought. You can't kill me. And only the ones called insane are able to see the truth. Mm. Death is near. You're all going down! The 
distance between the depths of a damaged mind and the depths of hell is no greater than the thickness of a door. And now the door is open. The dead pit, where man's worst nightmare rises from the dead. <laughs> the dead pit, 1989. Chosen by Boss Tuna himself. And I think Tibu probably knows why. Grindhouse probably knows why. Mm -hmm. And our listeners that will and have seen this probably know why as well. Again, <clears throat> The Dead Pit, 1989, rated R, clocking in at a smooth 95 minutes. What do we think this got on IMDb? Uh, 4.8, I'm going to say. If you haven't checked, Grinder App Zombie. Uh, God, it's swipe late. It's swipe it's, right. It's late 80s. Oh, I'm swiping. Well, I don't even, I wouldn't know where to swipe. So sorry. Um, <laughs> Break the phone. <laughs> swipe right is towards Jake Gyllenhaal and Heath Ledger. Okay. So not that way. Because um, <laughs> I'm not you. Um, <laughs> let's see. It's got to be, it's got to be over five. Say like five, three. It's got to be like a five, three. It is exactly a five, three. No shit. Well, it's uh, it's a solid movie, so I, I guess that doesn't... Oh, yep. Okay, all right. This no one, shit. I believe, in the history of the Joe Blow Horror Show, I've never had a movie that has had no Rotten Tomatoes rating on it, Whoa. but this this must have been a, I, this must have been just a, a deep-cut gem because there are none. I think there was like two or three critic scores, but you must have to have a, a minimum of five or ten or something like that for it. Um, oh, to get an actual score. Yeah, that's a thing there. Yep. 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 So, but uh, this got a 4% user. So I thought that. Wow. Was, uh, <laughs> wow. <laughs> that's that's um, a little bit different. Usually the user ratings are closer together between Rotten Tomatoes and IMDb. Well, the yeah. estimated budget on this, again, 1989. Let's take a guess what we think the estimated. Well, I say estimated because out of all my research, I could not find a exact number and i found some estimated budgets so let's take some guesses what do you got grinder app zombie oh 89 um completely set in one location so there was not a lot of having to move shit around um it's uh, 1.2 million tibu mm, yeah i agree with the one location being a factor makeup effects pretty dope uh yeah, man, it's hard. It's hard to really disagree with that. I'll go one point five just to have somewhere in there, but uh, it seems like it's around a million dollars. This movie would have cost in the late eighties. Three hundred and fifty thousand dollars. They wow. did great then. Which they seems again estimated, but after watching the, I, I I would say most of the budget is. I mean, it's not with the actors for sure. And then doing some research, I mean, I'm going to get into the trivia a little bit here, but they were able to use an unused wing of a an insane, an, an insane asylum in California, the same one that actually Green Day's Basket Case video was in. So oh, basically cool. most of this had to have gone into, you know, maybe a smidgen of marketing and the, the, the practical effects. There's a lot of really well done practical effects as well, too. So, yeah. 
But this one was directed and written by Brett Leonard. He is probably most notable for Virtuosity and Lawnmower Man. Both of those I highly recommend. This is starring Jeremy Slate as Dr. Gerald Swan, who is probably the only, I would say, actor that anybody might recognize. He was older when this came out. So some of the movies he was, I guess, True Grit might, and it's not the True Grit from 2013 or whatever it was. <laughs> uh, no, this is the OG True Grit. He was in that, but he was also in The Lawnmower Man. And then Cheryl Lawson was in this as Jane. Stephen mm-hmm. Foster, however, probably my favorite actor in this is Christian. And I've got some thoughts on that as well, too. Um, but yeah, he was, he was the one that sounded like Scotty. He sounded, you know what he sounded like? He sounded like me trying to make fun of Duncan and doing a fake Scottish accent. (laughs) Yeah, (laughs) I agree with that. Yeah. But we talked a little bit about the, the, um, trivia on it, but this did have great marketing. It was, it actually did really, really well once it hit VHS. Part of it's because with the marketing they had, it had the glowing red eyes from the doctor on it, which, um you know on the vhs case yes yes you can push a button and the eyes lit up on the vhs case yeah so that that obviously like you know little kids and or not kids you know i'm saying but the impressionable teenagers renting this little us little us is what you're talking about yeah Yeah. i mean when when back then when we you know and and again i i don't want to start throwing back in my day but it's it's reality some of the best memories we had Growing up were Friday and Saturday nights when mom picked us up and got us from school. And it was that, hey, we're going to go get McDonald's and we're going to go rent a movie and, and a video game. And that's what you did. You didn't read the backs. You never flipped them over. You nope. Unless you were looking at a picture, it was like, what is a cool poster art? Or you look around the video store and look for the posters of the monsters and everything. So this definitely hit home as far as, yep. but it was all filmed in one location uh, as well too. Pretty cool. Any, anything you guys want to add before we get into this? Had either of you seen this movie? Had you even heard about it before this? I had never even heard of this movie. When you picked it, I was just like the dead pit. Okay. Knew nothing going in. This is a first time watch. Yeah. For me, it was one of my pile of 10 for 10 bucks. Um, and I wasn't sure if I had seen it or not until they got to the fire hose scene in the uh, in the shower. And it was like, that's where I remember this from. And it also, I think, still explains why I squirt my wife with the hose every time I wash the car outside. So, yeah, it uh, yeah, I had seen it before, but it had been it had been a minute. Yep. So I had. If I saw this, I don't really remember it, but I remember at the very least seeing the the video cover and hearing about it it's very if you look it up on imdb you can see some of the poster art it's a very iconic and memorable poster um and i know we you know it had been talked about among my friends obviously with me being a, a zombie fan as well too but yeah i don't remember ever seeing this i had heard about it for the longest time and it was one of those where similar to, to grindhouse i was watching waiting like do i remember this yet do i remember this yet and i honestly cannot remember watching it. So if I did see it, it was way, way, way back when I was a kid and kind of, kind of forgotten back in the memory bank of all the movies I've seen since then. So what do you say, T-Boo, we get into the dead pit from 1989. Boom. This film opens with like (laughs) at, at the aptly name. What is it? Um, 
state institution for the mentally ill. That's just mm-hmm. the name of the of the of this hospital. And we have these two doctors. One of them is a surgeon, uh, that is Dr. Ramsey, and the other is Gerald Swan. He's a psychologist. And uh I guess I guess Ramsey has been fucking around too much. He's just got those unorthodox methods going on, as some doctors are prone to do when they get bored. <laughs> Ramsey's a bored motherfucker. And um this this leads to an altercation. The opening of this movie where you got Dr. Swan following Ramsey down these secret passages to what is essentially like an underground operating room and Swan finding this patient lying on the table with these occult symbols carved into him and his skull is open, brain exposed. I guess what is that sticking out of his head? Like electrodes yeah. or something? Yeah. It's like primitive as fuck. That that I, I like this whole opening right here. Yeah, I, I have it in my notes. This is like the mid to late 80s movies where they they advance a whole bunch of the story, but during the opening credits. Yeah. You know, where you're seeing things happening, but it's like you still and, and then and then starring. And then directed by, but there's still story happening. Yeah. And there's a little piece of me that misses that. I miss that, you know? Yeah. Yep. Cause, Cause I, I, I know exactly what you're talking about. Cause a lot of the times you would pop into the movie in the future and then you would have the earthquake happen. I mean, I'm getting a little bit ahead and then you'd have shit happening and then they'd throw it in, in flashbacks, but they did kind of give you the quote unquote setup beforehand. But I mean, aptly named the dead pit. I thought it was, I, I when I was watching this intro, I had a lot, a lot of nostalgia, eighties nostalgia, right, right up your hoop, and I was, I was like, I was digging it for sure. Yeah, no, same here, and I, I don't want to uh, go on about the point, but with the credits and the way they they spooned it all together, and then there's the going down the staircase, and then there's you know the Doctor Swan goes and gets his gun, but there's like. There's so much happening just in the opening credits. And that was, I mean, for like 84 to maybe 90, like with your, cause I mean, to me, this is a B level horror movie. This is not an A level. It's a B level horror movie, but that was kind of a staple of what they did. Um, And understanding that they only had so little time. And to your point, it's like a 95 minute movie. Like, and that's just, that's a good dump and, and, yeah i just but i loved it i just loved it you know and and not having seen it in forever it was just like i hate to say it like this is how movies should be they should just take every minute that they have to advance my story to a place where i'm gonna get hooked and this movie did it fucking brilliantly and then to travis's point with the guy on the gurney with the electrodes hanging out of his head i mean if if by that point you haven't at least sort of figured out what's going on and you're not totally hooked by that point, it's like, I don't think you're going to be, you know, you're just not going to, you aren't going to get it. You're not going to care. You know, I I failed to even mention the gigantic gaping hole in the floor full of fucking dead goddamn bodies. The dead pit. The dead pit. Yes. When I saw it, I was like, ah, there it is. (laughs) They have this confrontation, man. And, Swan is pissed. He's like, you're not doing research. This is sick. My God, you're a doctor. You're supposed to be saving lives. That's when you get that. Yeah. yeah. (laughs) That's when you get that awesome line I used earlier. 
uh, I've done life. Now I'm doing death. Ramsey's fucking psycho. He is psycho. Yeah. And he's like, well, then and Swan's like, you fucking maniac. And he's like, you know, it's like, you know, think your last thought, doctor. And he's like, you can't kill me. And then just like, bang. Like, I mean, like, talk about getting to the fucking point. It just, is yeah. kind of out of nowhere. You know? Yeah. Yeah. And then, but again, that's that advancing the story during the credits thing. And that's another piece of what I loved about this. Cause then all of a sudden you got nails being hammered. They're boarding up. He's plastering right over wood slats, which isn't going to yeah. work long-term. No, okay. No, it's especially, not. especially in California, <laughs> you know, but then it's like, and then boom, you're in this like van heading towards this hospital and, and you see Jane Doe for the first time, you know, and as she's pulling in, you can hear the church bells of the hospital tolling. And it's like, it's so ominous, you know, but again, Jane Doe is as boss Tuna would say a dimey slice. So she, oh, hubba, hubba. holy, f- yeah. All right. Yeah. Yeah. No, yeah. uh, she, well, uh, there's, take care there's poking me in the belly button. There's so many fucking scenes in this movie where I'm like, look at her. Just look at what she's choosing to wear. And I love it. <laughs> um, <laughs> yeah, she shows up. She's She's got amnesia, they tell her. But she's like, no, my memory isn't gone. It was taken from me. And I'm going to say right now, uh, Cheryl Lawson, you're, you're okay. Except for whenever you start getting into, into hysterics. Every time this woman got upset, the overacting was was Awful. it was terrible it was very terrible not even good like not even b- bad good it was bad if if our listeners haven't caught on there was one reason she was put in this movie and as boss tuna likes to say she was a dimey dark hair but even more than that she's a fucking rocket so oh yes oh yes yeah no and her screams her screams in moments were good but to travis's point when she started like scream talking and scream oh, talking, man. then it was just like, oh. I mean, if we're I, getting I into it, got overall, the acting in this movie was awful. Uh, Swan was good. Surprisingly, the scope, the scope man, he was actually surprised. Christian, good. Christian was good Christian, too. Yep. But yeah, he was. I feel like the staff, and I, I mean, by staff, I mean the staff, the hospital staff, the nurse, Nurse Ratchet, or whatever she is, she wasn't that bad. Nurse Kygar, Nurse Kygar. Yeah, yeah, there was some pretty, pretty it rough. Was, it was pretty stale. It was pretty stale. I will completely agree with you. But like at the same time with this with this movie and going back to how much it costs to make and where yeah, they make it, you whatever, can't take it away. It doesn't matter. It just doesn't matter. You know, I mean, it, so much on a tangent. But when I was watching this, I was drawing a lot of parallels because I haven't been reading purposely the reviews of Halloween, but I know it's gotten shredded. And on our Discord, hey, shout out to our Discord. If you guys want to join the conversation, we've got a bunch of people on there. And they're talking a little bit about the movie. And I always have to step in and say, no spoilers. But this is a movie Thanks, where... Dad. Yeah, this is a... Yeah, there is a spoiler section in there. Go and blow each other all you want in there. But it's funny because <laughs> you could nitpick the hell out of this movie, but it's not meant for that. But it's almost like there's this double standard of certain movies are okay to nitpick and certain ones are this is one of those that's going to be more in the cult classic or beloved because it's too easy to nitpick this you know and again i don't want to go off on a whole side tangent because yeah halloween ends is 
you know, big budget and there was a lot of effort put into it and you should be able to blah, blah, blah. But anyways, I just thought it was kind of funny timing as far as watching these. Well, two. but for, but I, I just, I won't get into it. I'm just going to say this for today's movies. Halloween ends is not a big budget movie. $20 million. That's that, not a big, that's budget. big for that's big for horror. Um, yeah, it is. Look, looking at what they're big, making now, it... looking at what they're making now, and, and the budgets that movies get, and especially as revered as this one is, I don't think twenty million dollars is a big. I don't think it's a no. I don't. To put um, it into context for and... you, I scoured the internet trying to find numbers for the budget. Spoiler alert for Frozen. I couldn't find it, but I did see that Frozen, the Disney movie, cost two hundred fifty million dollars for a fucking animated or whatever that those movies are which just blows my mind just let it go man <laughs> oh. <laughs> yeah all right i'll i will take it nice nicely done whenever whenever jane doe arrives over there she's being like you know welcomed by the staff and stuff like that but she starts freaking the fuck out and at the same time an earthquake hits and everyone's piling into the hallways the doctor's like cover your head like what the fuck is covering your head going to do if the ceiling collapses? It's the same thing as like whenever they used to tell kids go underneath to your get, desk. Yeah, for a fucking tornado or an atomic bomb. Like yeah, get the fuck out of here with that shit. I, I thought honestly for a moment I thought her her over the top like hysterics was causing the earthquake. I really did. I thought that that's what was happening, but I don't think it was. Interesting. So. I didn't. Yeah, I didn't. No. So at this moment, though, that's when she runs into Dr. Swan and she's like, you got to help the people in the basement. They need help. They want to get out of there. And I'm like, oh, fuck. It's the dead pit behind the plaster. Fuck. Yeah. That's who she's well, it's, it's the first people under the stairs. That's what it is. Yeah. And she's got to help them. And she's and this is where I have my notes that she's quite a screamer. I mean, she's got when she's not overacting, her scream yeah, is quite, is quite efficient. But then they come in and they give her the little. The little night night shot, but then they pop in and they, and they show that boarded up door being burst open, you know. And there's all yeah, that green light. I, I literally have like behind the tell. green door opens. Yeah, you can clearly <laughs> tell that it's like a, a hallway where the filmmakers are like, let's just build this random closet on this random yeah. floor in the middle of nowhere. Like, yeah, we're gonna walk down these creepy ass steps to grab a fucking broom. Yeah, <laughs> exactly. It's so well, I, but, to think about. Well, it, well, it kind of is because it's like it feels like what I would do. So I kind of love that. Yeah. Like that's like if I just had if I had six dollars to make this shot, that's what I would do. You know, so that's kind of awesome to me. But then they pop forward to her in her room and she gets out of bed and she's standing by the window wearing what I think is the most appropriate mental hospital attire ever. You're right. You know, the, oh, my God, the crop top tank top and the little French cut. Oh my Jesus Christ. There is I, there is no universe in any dimension <laughs> where you have someone like that wearing something like that in a place like that. But that is just what makes this be a fucking treat to me. Um she is so good looking. And when she's wandering and, and it's weird because they don't lock, maybe she's not like considered high risk, but they don't lock her door. She can just randomly walk around like She's wearing this chopped. I mean, I I would hardly call that a fucking. I don't. What do you even call that? It's not. It's like it is like a crop top, and yeah, no basically a crop top tank top with the French yeah. cut briefs with uh, elastic, and they wouldn't allow to be have elastic because you could hang yourself with that. So, 
Yeah, I she, oh, she can hang me but, with that. Oh, oh, man. oh, she can. Yeah. Oh, hell yeah. Yeah, I would wear that thing as a fucking. Oh, <laughs> seeing yeah. that I got hung because. Yeah. Yeah, you get that nice shot. This, but the the earthquake did, by the way, resurrect Doctor Ramsey or at least set him free. So now she's starting to see his apparition. Uh, she looks across the fucking courtyard and he's there. They have a crazy nun that that we get introduced to at one point that's freaking the fuck out outside, like praying to God and everything else. But but it's you know Doctor Ramsey's re the real threat here. This is when you have people start getting fucking murdered. He just, he walks around. He's got his favorite little tool that he likes to stab right next to somebody's fucking eye. Like a lobotomy oh. tool. Oh, yeah. no, it has a name. It has a name. Who knows what it is? I Pop don't. quiz. The lobotomizer. It's called yeah. an or orbitoclast. That's what it's called. Oh, shit. That's Orbit what it's called. Yeah, because you throw it through your fucking and, eyeball. And your and your orbital socket. Yep. So it's called an orbitoclast. And it actually is that piece. And it actually came with a little hammer too. So those two things together were the lobotomy tool of choice for the time. That was like a quickie lobotomy too. Mm -hmm. They just fucking oh yes. Knocked seven, it all in there. Seven no centimeters in. And you don't care anymore. Fuck, man. Oh, the thought of that just makes me kind of sick. I'm not even gonna lie. <laughs> and it was Ramp. a pretty it was a pretty standard thing back then well this is 89 so 89 89 it wasn't standard but it was gaining popularity again because the, the the frontal lobotomy is actually a popular thing again now and it's it's used well, to control the most hostile and wildly out of control patients so it's actually gained popularity again well, but like in the 40s 50s and 60s it was all over the place the transorbital lobotomy was bomb after Ramsey's stalking the hall, like adding new fucking victims to his dead pit, uh, Jane starts undergoing regression therapy or hypnosis with Dr. Swan. He's got her trying to recount how exactly she, quote unquote, had her memory taken from her. And she starts telling him while under hypnosis that she remembers being on an operating table. He seems to think she has like father issues, like her dad abandoned her and her, her mom when, when she was a kid. So that's the most likely reason uh, that she's having this this sort of trauma, maybe, or that it's linked to it. Um, but she she gets fucking possessed, man. Well, it's funny because she keeps telling him that, you know, my like her first introduction to us, she says, my memory, I didn't lose my memory. It was taken from me. So she's very adamant that it was taken from her. She's not, you know, suffering from Alzheimer's or anything like that. Right. And, and it is revealed through hypnotherapy, too, that that uh, her and her mom did. In fact, it's not that the dad left. It's they, they ran from him. So he was not a, her father was not a good guy. And um, they changed their their identities that way, you know, couldn't be found. Did they give uh, a backstory as far as how or why she ended up in there i mean was she messed up for a while i don't remember don't remember if they if they really talked about that you're muted grindhouse yeah they they don't fill in the story um they they have those little flashbacks of her being a little kid and running and saying daddy daddy but they don't give you an at the moment reason why she's where she's at and it's just our I think it's just our tie into the story. And it's not that important, really. It's just it's not, it's not, but a, a little bit of sugar would have been okay. 
yeah. little bit, a little sprinkle would have been. I fine. don't know. I mean, she had enough sugar for me, so. Oh, she definitely. Well, and you guys are, you're passing by the weird drain that she had where she was all tied up in the shower and it was like wet t-shirt time. Oh yeah. Yeah. And then, and then fuck the t-shirt. Yeah. That one went right in the bank just for the record. A deposit made. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Balance fu- legit. <laughs> that keeps on giving. Yes. She, she gets fucking violent uh, and gets, gets possessed, I guess, by the, the spirit of Dr. Ramsey. Cause he's, He's more an apparition than anything else at this point, even though he can physically fucking hurt people. And she starts telling him, like, you know, I told you you couldn't kill me, but I'm going to kill you through her. That is such a good point, Travis. Do you think because I, I, I honestly wondered this and then, then when you said it, I was like thinking more about it. Do you think at this point, because like earlier they opened this door and you saw him in the doorway and he was like, bah. Yeah, I mean, do you think he's still an apparition, or do you think, or is he just like the sneaky Pete through this? Because I, I don't, know. I don't know. I was wondering what you thought, because it's like I don't, I don't, I don't think he's an apparition. I just think he's a sneaky son of a bitch at this point. Isn't there, isn't there a scene a little bit later where he goes, someone goes to grab hold of him or something, and they go right through him? I thought. Okay, so I think I got this figured out here. So obviously we do spoil movies like this, but I don't want to spoil it just yet, but this ties into the ending and how she is tied to him. So I think that there is some kind of, I don't want, I don't really want to say supernatural, but she is sensing him. So when she is seeing him out, I don't think he's actually there. I think it's her like sensing that, you know, because none of this happened until the earthquake, and after the earthquake and he got released, that's when she started having these visions, if you will. So I think that it he wasn't actually out there. Our first time actually seeing him is when he goes upstairs and he, you know, lobotomizes the nurse and takes her down. But I think that she is like more and more sensing because he's getting stronger and stronger. Uh, maybe maybe that's what it is. Maybe sometimes he is an apparition and sometimes he, cause he obviously is physical. He goes and he carries yeah. bodies away. So yep. there is a physical Dr. Ramsey, but like you're saying, yeah, I think, I think some, so it's his magic. It's whatever dead death magic he's got going on, man. He can fucking be a ghost. He could be a, a real, a real boy. And then he could fucking lobotomize your ass. That's, okay. That's, that's I'd buy it. that. I'd buy that. Okay. Yeah. yeah, I just I it was a question I had because there was so much uh, like things were uh, I don't know. It's like sometimes he's there, sometimes he's not there. But then to your point, there's a point where he's like got a woman over his shoulder. And it's like, OK, if you're doing that, you're clearly there. Yeah. Right. But there were some other times where he was just like like there was a spot where. <laughs> Early in the movie where he was putting on latex gloves and he had those big demon big nails. nails. Yeah. And well, it's funny because my wife and I made Bavarian pretzels earlier today. Well, mm. and, and part of that is that you have to basically take baking soda and bake it and turn it into effectively what is lye. So when you're making those, but you gotta wear gloves. And I was thinking about it, and I'm like, I was putting those gloves on. I ripped one just putting it on. Whoa. I'm like what fucking chance would those demon nails have against the fucking latex club? This is this not a nine vinyl there, but <clears throat> well, they probably made it better back then too, but it just like struck me like, okay, come on. Like fucking really. And it'd just go, <laughs> it'd be down to his elbow and he'd just be like, Ooh, what happened? You know, I just, I just, just kind of love that moment. Had a little mental thing for me. It was awesome. 
one of the friends that uh, Jane makes while she's there is the Scotsman. We keep talking about Christian. I can't remember why she gets put in ISO uh, or isolation. Um, I, think I really can't. Yeah, I think we're jumping ahead. She wasn't. Yeah, that's a little bit later because she's put in ISO and her straight jacket is not belted around her crotch like it should be. Just saying. Yeah, that uh, was that was when she started talking to rap. Well, anyways, yeah. But yeah, we meet Christian who I mean, they give a little bit of a backstory, but it's. I, you know, in the back of my head, I was like, I could pick this apart so easy right now. Like, why is there a Scotsman? And they give a little bit of a backstory on him where he was part of the the British or the Scottish special forces and he likes to blow shit up. So blow shit up. <laughs> yeah. Either one time ago here, but I'm like, well, why are you in fucking like Pennsylvania or whoever this takes off? It was like, oh, whatever. Like, all right, Scotty, just beam me up. I'm, I'm, I'm all in at this point. Blow me, Scotty. Blow me up. <laughs> yeah well yeah she meets christian um he, he seems like a cool guy his lawyer got him off you know he's like you could just go stay at this institution instead of going to jail fucking win-win uh that that's a that's a, the same scene where you you finally see the crazy nun like going off in the courtyard down 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 below yeah. um yeah i seriously can't remember how she gets put in isolation though i don't know that's yeah that's later on when they go in for another interview uh the second the second um hip hypnosis where ramsey basically is oh that's when he possessed her yeah. yeah all right oh yeah so she gets put in iso for that yep well because oh, well, yeah he freaks well, then, out we're, 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 we're there then we already talked about that motherfucking scene yeah fuck it he breaks <laughs> christian breaks her out he gets her out of fucking isolation because um you you got you got the fucking zombies coming out the goddamn pit after Ramsey captures uh Jane. The, 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 I mean you, you're the zombie nerds, okay? How do you rate these zombies? Are they zombie? They're these are real zombies because they're smart as fuck. I mean, they're, they're removing, removing they're distributors. Yeah, they're, no, they're killing they're security legit. guards, disabling phone lines. Yep. I mean, he, go he's back like to night sixty eight. They they do all that. They yep. do all that. So. This is not, I mean, honestly, I have it in my notes. These are like Night of the Living Dead zombies. They really are. They're not I terribly would, smarter uh, than me, but they're still doing what they're doing. They're almost, they're almost like Land of the Dead zombies, except Ramsey is Big Daddy. Yeah. Because <laughs> I mean, he's kind of controlling. Kind of. Kind of. Yeah. Yeah. But this this movie is, is the way, the notes I took on this is this is a very, very strong slasher elements with with a little sprinkling of zombies because you don't really get the zombies until the end of the movie. I mean, there's the, the, the second act is filled with a lot of uh, slasher elements where he's sneaking up out of the basement. You know, he's, he's, you know, killing a nurse, bringing her back down. Uh, he goes and does that, you know, there, there's that whole clock tower part as well too, where, you know, that's kind of the shutdown part of the asylum, but you go into the clock tower and that's how you get to the basement. So it's almost, there's a lot of elements in this, in this one. It's hard to put this in one genre or subgenre in particular, uh, but it's, it's done well enough where the, the main thing I guess I want to get across was I really wish that I did see this as a kid because I feel like this movie would scare the shit out of me as an adult watching it. You're going to laugh at the awful acting in the misplaced Scottish character. But if I saw this in the early nineties, you know, as a 
10 year old, I would be shitting my pants. You got the red eyed doctor chasing you around. And what do you got grindhouse? Okay. Here's what I'm going to tell you. So for me at about 10 or 11 years old, my dad got locked in a, in a mental institution. Um, as an adult, knowing what I know now, this had a way larger impact on me than it did when I was a kid. As a kid, it scared me a little bit. I saw some boobs. That was kind of fun. I looked down and said, well, why is my penis hard? I don't understand this. Um, but a couple of things. Watching all of, they call them the nuts, run around in the mental hospital. That When you're in the locked ward at a psych ward, that kind of happens. There's lots of people running around just kind of doing that. And then you also come to figure out that there's also some people there that have some issues, but maybe don't necessarily belong in this hardcore stringent environment. So like as a person, this movie fucked with me way more as an adult than it did as a kid, way more as a kid. It scared me a little bit as an adult. It made me have flashbacks on my life and things that I had to deal with as a person. Um, which I think is a little part of why I liked it so much. Um, there were some things that pissed me off. Like I wish we would treat people better and do. There's some other things like that. Um, no lobotomies, damn it. No, definitely not. No, because for for my dad at the time, it was an option. They didn't do it, but it was an option. Um, so, uh, yeah, this movie it. It 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 rung a lower intestinal bell that has not been rung in a long time. Thinking about my dad and all the stuff that he went through, um, so yeah, I. You talk about lower intestinal bells being run in the same conversation of Brokeback Mountain. Just <laughs> I wasn't talking about Brokeback Mountain. You brought that up, and probably for a reason. He it's likes okay. to, he likes to call his asshole the dead pit because there's a lot of dead coming there. <laughs> I, I bet. All I, right, I, I bet boss tuna does. <laughs> <laughs> I, I mean, look, you, when the zombies get unleashed, all right, that's the movie goes full bore. We're in our third act. Shit's going down. The crazy nun, who I believe her name is like Sister Claire or whatever, shows yes. uh, um, Jane Doe and Christian that, hey, holy water will fucking kill these zombies. And they Again, fucking use this shit. And it, the effects are awesome you get melting evil dead zombies now they look like they got the that cool evil dead part one it's i mean it's not as claymation-y as that but it's you could tell you know that's kind of what they're doing maybe some wax effects i'm not really sure but it looks fucking amazing they they come up christian and jane come up with a plan like we might as well try to bless this fucking water tower that's right next to this goddamn uh, part of the building where the dead pit is in the basement and Christian's like I'm gonna blow the motherfucker up well just blow it the fuck up so this is this is the showdown man Dr. Swan is 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 heading to the dead pit to confront Dr. Ramsey he's bringing his trusty gun again because you know it worked the first time kind of not really and Christian and Jane Doe are heading to the water tower to detonate and um Drop a bunch of blessed ass holy water that sister. Yeah, they're gonna flood the fucking dead pit, man. Sister Claire's been fucking uh saying her prayers, and now you got twenty tons of fucking blessed H two O. You get a couple of cool scenes where you know she thinks it's it's um um 
is it the priest or who is the one where or he's using as the whoever is a puppet who was he using in that one scene he's like oh hey look at me and he throws oh, it was bud it was bud oh it was bud. Bud. yeah that's right yeah yeah yep. yeah because there's a couple other characters you meet here you know bud's kind of a a friend i guess um but yeah bud goes missing and and he's using bud as a puppet and again there's so much so many scenes and parts of this that i i'm like this would be really effective even now like if I showed this to my my nine year old, he'd he'd be fucking shitting bricks, um, and I kind of want to. I mean, I don't know if he can. Yeah, it'd be interesting, Dad. Why is she wearing stuff? Uh, don't worry about it, son. You just close your eyes right now. Yeah. You know, why is that zombie hairless and covered in oil, and I can see her breast through her nightgown? No, oh, you're you're gonna yeah. wake up in the middle of the night, and your son's gonna be like, "The brain is a parasite, Dad. Yeah. It attaches itself to the mind and gives us physical form." <laughs> And then, he'll, then he's going to lobotomize you and Ramirez, fucking hook still uh, pins. Yeah, he's going to put still pins in your goddamn skull. That brain skull. scene was pretty cool. You get that like twitching brain with those needle probes in it. and The gore, it's it's got, what I wrote down is it's got um, good kills with great gore. Great yes. gore effects. Agreed. Agreed. Yeah. Yeah, they, they definitely put uh, a ton of effort into making sure that when you saw a brain, it looked like a brain, when there was a need for a copious amount of blood they came just this close to overdoing it and then stopped and it was just it was just perfect yeah i like how they don't really go into the lore behind how ramsey got this power he seems to have some unknown understanding of of the brain and the mind because he separates the two he sort of explains this to swan as he's experimenting on him because yeah swan can't kill ramsey by the way it, it didn't happen this time now he's fucked, and and poor uh, poor Christian, he's climbing the t- the water tower, and a horde of fucking dead pit zombies are coming. So he tells Jane, just just fucking go, like go, and she does rightfully. Otherwise, she'd have got caught up in that that shit. He lights he lights the fuse. He's like, oh, this fuse has got plenty. Of, I can't even do a Scottish accent right now. It, it's supposed to have enough time for him to get down. He lights the fuse, and he he spends like <laughs> two minutes fucking dancing up there. And then it just explodes. <laughs> Very good practical effects, though. Yeah, I could tell watching it now that it was a model uh, that they had blown up. Oh, there's some miniatures, sure, but yeah. so what? You know, I mean, that's it was, just it what... was done well, though. It was. I'd yeah. much rather that than shitty they... guys. So. Well, yeah, they found some guy that was really good with like HO scale trains and was like, "Hey, can you do some miniatures?" And he was like, "Sure, can I have a train?" And they said, "No." And he was like, "Fine, I'll do it anyway." All yeah, right. I mean that. Yeah, well, th- but totally legit though. I mean. The whole the water towel falling in the hospital and the flames coming out the windows and everything, yeah, I, obviously models. But again, 1989. So who cares? You know, I when you come into a movie and your expectations are so fucking low, and then this just elevates and elevates and ele- I, it, this movie did that. It elevated. There's there's nothing yeah. else to say. It elevated. All right, bring Halloween. us home. How's it Hollow. Yeah, Halloween ends. Um, th- th- this movie here uh, ends with the water tower flooding the dead pit. It it basically erases the magic, the death magic of Doctor Ramsey. Um, what what the fuck? Where does Jane Doe end up? I honestly don't remember that. I remember the water tower collapsing, but I don't remember where she she goes. Honestly, I don't remember either. Fuck you, Jane Doe. You we forget you like you forgot your past, bitch. Right now, what what happened to Jane Doe at the end? She, she had an autopsy. Well, no, no. I think she just kind of crawled out of the crawled out of the wreckage at the end. But then there was also a scene where she had these like, like the weird white eyes. 
you know, the like the white eyes as daddy was melting. And I mean, they didn't give her a solid end. Like she went off and right. was, you know, adopted by a set of nuns. It became like Sister Mary. They, they didn't do anything like that in this movie. Oh, we, we, we forgot to mention very crucial. Yeah. Yep. Dr. Ramsey is the father of Jane Doe. So there daddy, you go. Daddy, I, I did daddy. see that coming. I did see that reveal coming. Yep. So, far away. Far, yeah. far away. <laughs> yeah. Did she kill him with, with holy water then at the end? Yes. Yeah, man. Yep. He gets that holy water bloodbath. Oh, yeah. yes. That plastic kitchen. A lot of evil uh, dead. A lot of evil yeah. dead in this. A lot of oh, special elements. Yeah. Get the supernatural. I mean, this is just like like a Thanksgiving dinner of of fucking subgenres. I love it. Yeah, it really is. This is a goddamn kaiju giallo that we never thought of over on the the other, the other show we do. Uh, <laughs> let's let's but, hop into final thoughts and rate. Or do you have anything else, Tibu? No, man. That's that's where I was going to go next with this. Um, having never seen this movie before, this this yeah, like you said, it's a tre- it's a little tasty treasure. Uh, I can't. I, I can't deny any of the like the effects. The effects are amazing. The acting is the the only thing that irks me is how bad she the the main character actress is whenever she starts getting hysterical. But if I watch this again, I'd probably start to enjoy it. So that's usually what happens with some of these movies that are so bad they're good. And this movie's not a bad movie. It's not. It's actually not. It's a really good film. I'm gonna I'm gonna come in with an eight an eight out of ten for this movie. I'm gonna give it a a, a lot of love. Okay. I, I like how you say it's got a blend of genres. Um, and I saw I saw some of that in there. Slasher elements, supernatural, some evil dead vibes, pretty fucking dope. And the act the scene she she was saying the whole movie, I'm not crazy. I'm not crazy. I don't need to be here. When they when she ends up in the fucking straitjacket, my heart went out to her crazy, hysterical, bad acting ass. Yeah. Eight out of ten from me. Yeah, we'll uh, we'll let our esteemed guest go last. But I chose this movie. It's been on my radar for a minute. I don't remember how I randomly came across it, but it was one of my saved movies on IMDb. The poster is pretty cool. It's like a it's like a zombie looking creature, like crawling out of the ground kind of thing. I went in. I knew right away within the first five minutes that this was just going to be uh, just it was going to be a gem. It was going to be a jam. I almost wish that I had picked this to do the zombie gem of the week. I think it would have been a really fun one to talk about. Not sure that, I mean, there, obviously this is a shorter review of this one. There's not a whole lot of substance. The The second act is, is a lot of just kind of buildup. If you will, we skipped over the second act quite a bit. There were yeah. a couple of good scenes where you get one of the main orderlies, I guess you get a cool scene with him where he, you know, follows the escaped um, Jane into the clock tower and, and he meets his demise as well. But yeah, this, this one is, it was really fun. I, I had a lot of nostalgia watching this. It definitely doesn't get as much love and it doesn't get talked about as much as it should, but it's just this big genre blend that I think you need to check out. It's very, very strong slasher element. So if you're a fan of slashers, you like it. It's got that little twinkle of, twinkle sprinkle of um of zombies in it um but it's got good kills great gore it's just fun it's so easy to pick apart so don't go in expecting i mean that's one of the first things i wrote down is just how awful the acting is you could easily pick this apart but it's it's just not meant for that it's just a fun 
throwback 80s movie that was a low-budget movie back in the 80s. So Tibu came in at an 8. I came in actually just under that, and I had decided after watching this, it's going to be a a 7.5 for me. I like it quite a bit. And I do think that this is one that, you know, I'm just coming off the heels of one of our camping trips where we, you know, I rented the show back a bunch of (laughs) we we watch a whole bunch of horror movies uh, with some of my friends that aren't horror fans. And I feel like this would be a really fun one to watch with a group of guys. So, but Grindhouse Zombie, you will finish us off with the double wrister of the Dead Pit 1989. What are your final thoughts and ratings? All right. I'll keep it simple. This movie has so many slices of all of the different horror things that I liked as a kid. There's definitely some evil dead things. There's definitely some night of the living dead things. Um, there's a little bit of, so call it mental hospital, a little bit of psycho vibes for me. Definitely some bad dreams vibes for me. Um, is the acting terrible? Uh, yeah. Fundamentally it is. But, you know, pick out a late 80s, early 90s horror movie where the acting wasn't just terrible. I mean, so putting this whole thing together, it was a super fun watch. Um, It gave you a hot chick, but it didn't like rub it in your face. It showed you a little bit of skin, but it wasn't just. As much as you wanted it to be. uh, I I did. I wanted to motorboat the hell out of that. Yes. But But it wasn't over the top. So it wasn't, I hate to say it, like distracting where it was like a porno movie with horror versus a horror movie with a little bit of titties. That's a good point. It's a good observation because it, yeah, you didn't necessarily see her tits outright and it wasn't like gratuitous. And there was, you did once you saw once in the shower scene one time you saw them, but that was it. Yeah. Yeah, it did. This movie met your three B's cause yeah. And the rest of the time, the rest of the time it was tight cotton clad gloriousness, which was awesome. Um, so for this movie, I came in at a six. Um, and again, this is not having watched it in probably 20 years. But and I had to digest it fast. I had like <laughs> I had 120 minutes to watch a 95 minute movie. So that was a it was a hard pound. Um, but goddamn, it was fun. It was fun as hell with uh, Jane, though. Uh, yeah. Oh, it, well, it totally yeah. does. For, for our fans, a six is actually a relatively high rating for Grindhouse. So. Yep. There you go. So super fun watch. Go out there, watch it. To Cole's point, if you're in the mood to pick apart a movie, don't watch this because it's really easy. If you just want to enjoy a ride, watch this shit because it is awesome. Yep. Fucking so, I want to say uh, thanks to Grindhouse for joining us for this review. I know he's got to pop off to do a guest bit on Handle with Scare. Is that correct? Correct, sir. There you go. Yeah. Well, check he's out gonna... Handle with Scare. He's going to pop off to yep. do that and pop off to Jane Doe. Yep. At the same at le- time. At least twice before I get on to handle a scare. Yes. I'll, I'll see you over at the nightclub, baby. Huh. Yeah. I might come back. We'll see. <laughs> You're fired. <laughs> You're yeah. fired is you. Would, All right. Wouldn't, wouldn't be the first time. Yeah. <laughs> well, thanks again, Brian House, <laughs> for joining us. And we will be right back with our second feature review. Stay tuned for the trailer of Frozen 2010 question mark? 10. Summer in the city of Arendelle. It couldn't be warmer. It couldn't be sunnier. But that's about to change forever. 
Arendelle. It's completely frozen. Cold, 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 cold. A real howler in July. Yeah? Do you want to build a snowman? Are you guys sure about this? Yeah, yeah, it works all the time. All you have to do is go over there and you say, like, I said that I could pay for all three lift tickets and then I left my credit card at the gas station. Right. Totally on money. Just not enough for all three. <laughs> Last run, gotta make it. Yo. I just can't let it go, but do you want to build a snowman? <laughs> I don't know what happened with that trailer. Uh, somehow the wrong trailer popped. <laughs> but the fucking drive-in's fucking up. God Someone's wait. drunk in the projection. Oh, yeah. Everyone booth. started throwing popcorn, like, wait, we're we're watching the Disney frozen? No, no, we're watching the real one. So <laughs> the but, real one. <laughs> frozen 2010. Chosen. I guess before we get into it, why did you pick Frozen? Tell tell the <laughs> listeners, Tibu had the new movie this year, fro- or this year, this this episode, <laughs> Frozen 2010. What, why, what? Tell us, give us some backstory. Because I've never seen it, and I've always wanted to watch it, and I figured when we when we pick movies for this show, it's a requirement that you watch the goddamn movie. So I I forced myself to finally watch something that I'd been hearing good things about for a long time. Um, that's that's pretty much it. I'd never seen it before, and yeah, Adam Green also. Yeah. Yep. So Frozen 2010 is rated R coming in at 103 minutes. What do you think this got on the B? I want to, I would hope it got like at least a 7.2. <gasps> Close 6.2. Uh, what about critic okay. rating on Rotten Tomatoes? 64%. Okay. Um, very close, actually. 63%. God damn. All right. Within 1%. Again, the budget, I could not find the budget on this one. I'm going to guess it was a lot, it was a smaller budget for sure. Uh, this did do 3.8 million in the box office, which is pretty good. Um, I don't know that it had a full release, I think it was a limited release, but 
as Tibu just said, this was written and directed by Adam Green, who is most notable for the Hatchet series, but he also did a little old film called Digging Up the Marrow. Yeah, man. Check. Yeah, make sure you check that out. So this is basically, it's, it's again, another one location movie with a small cast. This one is especially small. It's basically three characters in the entire movie. I mean, you have a couple snippets of the other ones, but it focuses on three people. Mm-hmm. This stars Sean Ashmore as Lynch. Uh, he was in the ruins, but probably most notable for Iceman and X-Men. Uh, Emma Bell was Parker. She was in final destination five. Kevin was, uh, or I should, sorry, Dan is played by Kevin Zegers, who was, he's actually, he's out of the three actors. This he's the one that's got, He's got a quite a bit of film credit underneath him. He's in some gems too. He was in In the Mouth of Madness, Wrong Turn, and Tibu. When I saw him, I was like, what movie do I know him from? You and I did a movie review and he was in it. And we reviewed this, I want to say last fall or winter. Oh. Movie. It was part of our Summer of the Dead series. Really? He's so he's in uh what survival? No, he was he was Terry in Dono Four. He was the the one that was macking on that chick. Oh, for real? Yeah, yep. That's that's who he, I was like. God, he's familiar. That's where I recognize him from. So damn nice. Yep. So yeah, this also has a couple appearances. Kane Hodder was in this. Um, yeah. Obviously, Kane Hodder's kind of horror icon legend. He played Cody the 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 he drove 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 the snow cats <laughs> and Adam Green's wife at the time played Shannon I believe it's Shannon uh the 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 red haired snow bunny that Lynch was macking on uh, yeah trying to remember that goddamn phone number the whole movie three zero seven eight six eight or something like that eight three zero three zero eight three zero so a little bit of some. Trivia, I guess. This is all practical effects. There was no green screen. There was no di- digital effects. There was no, no nothing. When they were in the chairlift, they were in the chairlift. They were fifty feet off the ground. Real? Are you serious? Used. Yes. Real wolves were used. Everything was practical. Wow. Very very impressive. Um. It, again, it was all shot in one location. It was shot in Utah. Um, it, I think it took place in, in the Northeast as well too, but, um, the, the one thing I saw that kind of bummed me out was there was a much gorier scene of Dan being eaten by the wolves, but it was not used in the film. And what really bugged me was Adam green is the one that took it out because he says it said it didn't fit with the film, which I can, I can kind of see that to an extent though, man. Um, kind of like, kind of like. And we're we're jumping into that one scene for a second, but before Dan gets devoured, he tells Joe, like, don't let her look at me. Like, don't let her see. It's almost like Adam Green was doing the same thing to the audience. Like, you don't need to, you don't need to see this. You like Dan. You don't want to see Dan get eaten by wolves. Yeah, I I can I can kind of get it, but again, I I don't know. I mean, I don't want to say I don't disagree because it's whatever. I don't have a say in it. I, I just wish I would have rather seen that because if this movie was one where they shied away from the gore and that type of stuff, then I would have been okay with it. But, you know, at the end we see Lynch and <laughs> we see a lot of Lynch because he's yeah. across the mountain. So, you know, <laughs> the way that it was 
yeah, again, spoiler alert, but the way that it was explained or or whatnot is that, you know, that type of gore didn't fit with the film, which, it, I mean, come on, you, you can't have your cake and eat it too kind of thing. But anyways, I don't want to get too much into that because we will when it comes to that point. But um, so I, you know, I always ask, have you ever seen this movie? You had not seen this movie. It's been on your radar for a minute. I actually did see this not too far after it came out. I've, I only saw it one time and it was probably right around the time it came out. And uh, I watched it. I knew about what it was and I, I was pretty indifferent. I don't remember loving it. I don't remember hating it. I just saw it. It was, you know, it was, it was what it was. So I was excited to go back and revisit it as well too. So, but we did forget to mention, I always do like to tell our listeners where they can check these movies out. The Dead Pit is streaming on Shutter, and Frozen is streaming free on Freebie, which I just went through my Amazon app and searched it in Amazon on Amazon Prime, and you can watch it there. So, but anything you want to get into before we, or, or anything you want to add before we get into it? Yeah. <clears throat> A movie like this where you, you you know that the the, the whole story is basically going to be set in one location and by one location it's even more limited than the previous movie we just covered they had a, a hospital to explore these motherfuckers have a mountain to explore but they're stuck in a chair this is one of those films like Gerald's Game or The Sunset Limited that does a great job of using one location and telling a fucking story how do you do that that's hard, and I think this movie does a good job. Let's get into this, motherfucker, bro. Uh, you have a couple, Dan and Parker, and their third will, Dan's best friend, Joe Lynch, traveling to a ski resort that they uh, the boys would go to every year, maybe more than once a year. They they had, you know, plenty plenty of adventures there, but this time Parker's tagging along, and Joe's kind of giving Dan shit about it. And uh, that all the interactions right away between these characters are fucking hilarious and and charming, and it makes me kind of like them. Like the movie starts with uh, with them trying to get Parker to go and bribe this uh, ski lift operator with a hundred dollars, like you know, as opposed to having to go pay for the tickets for the lifts, which I guess would have been more. I don't know anything about skiing, so I don't know. Yeah, it's yeah, skiing is. Yeah, that's that's what it gets you is your lift ticket. I mean, they don't charge you like entrance or anything like that. It's it's your lift ticket, which is basically how you get to the top of the mountain. But yeah, we find out that Lynch is kind of a, a little bit of a ladies' man, and one of the chairlift operators is is a is a chick that kind of has a thing for him. So they're waiting for the shift change, and they're waiting and waiting, and and they're like, oh hey, he's leaving. Your your chick's coming by, and it's not his chick. It's um, it's some gruff looking, chubbier guy that looks like he fucking hates his life. He does not want to be employed there. No, yeah. He, Dan basically tells Parker like, here, here's fifty. Here's another fifty. Start low. Just tell him that your girlfriend's and you forgot your credit card. Whatever. Blah blah blah. It always works. You 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 know you're 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 beautiful. This that and the other. It'll it'll work. She goes over there and charms this fella named Jason. It's funny his name is Jason because later on you see fucking the real Jason. <laughs> Goddamn, uh, motherfucker sounds Kate like Joe. 
he he sounds like George Clooney when he talks to me. He's got a George Clooney voice. I swear to God. But yeah, it does work. Um, she she charms that fucking gruff bastard. And I love I love when uh Dan and and Lynch walk up. He's like, huh, Girl girlfriends. Huh? Yeah. <laughs> it's like too bad, motherfucker. You got our money. And I I since I'd never seen it before, I kind of thought that this is where it was going to start because on their way up the mountain, all of the ski lifts stop, and all these people are stranded in the air. So again, not having seen the film. I was like, oh shit, there's going to be way more characters. They're probably all going to be communicating with each other and this, that, and the other. It turns out to not be the case, and we're going to find out. But this would that'd be a badass premise for a sequel. Instead of just three people in one chair, you got a whole fucking row of people. Yeah. And an army of wolves. <laughs> no, but the uh, the lift eventually picks back up and uh or starts running again, and they get to the top of the bunny hill, which I don't know anything about skiing, but I deduce the bunny hill is for beginners, like Parker. Correct. They spend all day on the bunny hill, and they head back to, I guess it's a lodge, or... The chalet. Know, a chalet? I don't know what the... Yeah, that's that's what we call them back home. The chalet, yeah. It's it's your... it's Yeah, it's where the restaurants, food is, the lockers, go warm up. Yeah, Parker's not impressed by the food there either. She calls the pizza cardboard with tomato sauce on it. She's not happy about that shit. But uh, Joe's bitching. He's bitching because he wanted to get up. Uh, you know, actually, I guess in his mind, it's like do a real run. So I guess go up higher on the mountain. He was being a pretty good sport about it overall. But yeah, yeah. I mean, at this point, he's like, dude, like we've been sitting here watching your girlfriend fall. And she comes up just at that same moment. And he's like, let's go do one real run. And yeah. Yeah. Oh, right before that, that's that's when Joe meets Shannon. But it, it's earlier in the day after they're like done fucking around on the bunny hill. Lynch is like, notices this chick having trouble putting on her, her skis. And he goes to help her or her snowboard. He goes to help her and some big douchebag comes out of nowhere and like pushes him. And that's her ex-boyfriend. Later that night, before they go eat or... Or is it right after and they're about to go get on the lift? Either one. Yep. Lynch runs into her again and actually gets her number because he doesn't have his phone or a pin because he doesn't ski with a phone and she doesn't ski with a pin. He's trying to remember her phone number. He's he's pawning it off too on Parker and Dan. Like, you remember the first digits. You remember the second digits. You know, so I, I, I'm going to call this, this chick <laughs> next time. She's going to be here next weekend because... They bribe homeboy again. Well, not bribe him. They basically like, come on, dude. They beg Jason, the ski lift operator, one more time. Like, please let us go up the mountain. He's like, I can't. I can literally lose my job. We're about to shut down. There's a storm coming in. My ear is perked up when that happened. That's when I knew, oh, this is definitely going to be the scene where the move, the actual movie starts. It, he, he fucking agrees to let them on. They Off they go up the mountain. Some other guy come along. And tells Jason he needs to go talk to the boss because his fucking what a what a what a son of a bitch this guy is, right? Yeah. <clears throat> he tells Jason to go talk to the boss because the days he had scheduled off were like that's that's probably not happening anymore. Jason was supposed to be the best man at someone's fucking his brother. Yeah, his brother. His yeah, his brother's bachelor party. Yeah, that's right. He is the best man. So it's like, how could you miss that? No wonder Jason hates his life, dude. Like seriously, foreshadowing. Well, you he, he 
this new guy, Jason tells him, Hey, look, there's three people coming down after that. You could shut, shut the whole thing down. So guys like, all right, cool. There's one little funny scene right here where that guy tells another worker, Hey, can you come watch this? I got to take a wicked piss. I so bad. I could taste it. And that guy just looks at him. He's like, I, Oh, I, I can't hear you. Oh, it keeps going. I'm like, son of a bitch. Everyone that works here is an asshole. Yeah. <laughs> well, the new guy who doesn't know what the other three, uh, our, our characters, Dan Parker and Lynch look like, he sees three people come down the mountain. He's like, Oh, that must be them. So he shuts it down, man. And this is cool because the lift stops. And so they think like, our, uh, our characters think that, you know, okay, this happened earlier today. They're sort of passing the time. And as they're talking, you see the lights from behind them slowly start going off one at a time, getting closer and closer to them. And the, and the, the, the sound design right here has every light go off like a huge thud. Doom, doom, doom. Uh, I, and yeah, it's doom, all right. Bruh, the good fucking setup right here. Like, Adam, Adam Green, bruh, that motherfucker's crazy. He knows what he's doing. I, the, like, this scene right here, what, what are you thinking right Because I'm feeling the sense of dread at this point of what they're trapped. Because number one, I hate heights. I'm terrified of them. So you wouldn't even get me on a ski lift at all. You wouldn't oh, even really? get me on no, not at all. Man, I, I mean, I, I'm not a fan of heights either, but I guess I grew up skiing and everything. So it, it's, it's, you know, sometimes you're only like 15 feet off the ground and you can drop down easy and sometimes you're a lot higher. But yeah, it, it's, it, it's, it's a good setup at this point. Again, I had seen this movie, but it had been probably, you know, close to 10 years since I had seen it last. I did forget a lot of the scenes and everything, but yeah, at this point for myself watching it, I am looking at it at a little bit of a of a different angle because I'm like, what would I do different, knowing what I know now? Uh-huh. So yeah, I, it was it was a cool little um, you know little little twist they threw at you with the first time, like oh guess what they're not trapped this time, but yeah they're they're fucked this time. You knew they're begging him to go back up, and in the back of your head you're like, no, don't do it. It's not going to work out for you. Um, but yeah, it's all the lights go off and then it's like panic mode needs to set in. Like you're hoping that you see whoever's at the top of the lift come down and can see you at this point. Basically, man. I mean, they, they, they scream, but that's kind of useless in that vast space. It, it would seem, um, definitely panics ensuing. And that's when you do get the, the cool Kane Hodder cameo. He's driving that fucking snow cat. I don't know what to call him up the mountain. Big, big rumor. Yeah. And it, all all three of of uh, the 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 skiers uh, stuck in the lift start throwing their fucking their what their goggles at him like at his vehicle and shit. Oh, yep. Yeah, it, he doesn't see any of it. And someone comes over the radio is like, "Hey, that storm's you know whatever. Come on back." So he's like, "All right, fuck it." So, so let me ask you because this this I might be a little. I don't want to say biased. I just have more information than you do at this point in the movie. But at this point, you do know that the, it's closed. It's Sunday night. This ski resort is not open during the week. It, it's not opening up for five days. I mean, mm-hmm. I feel like at this point, I would have done a lot more in trying to get his attention. Oh, I mean, yeah. Did that, did that even go through your head at that point? Oh, yeah. Like, I would have already have been throwing shit at his fucking vehicle when he was coming. 
Yes. I wouldn't have waited until he left. I'd, yes. I'd make sure he gets out and I see him look at my fucking eyeballs. Yeah. No, because I'm up there. Dude, the first thing I thought was, okay, Parker's the lightest. Everyone take their coats, their coats off, tie them together, and let's see how fucking low to the ground we can get her. Put yeah. her coat at the bottom of the fucking pot, uh, the bottom of the, the rope that you've made out of the clothing. That way, whenever she gets to the bottom, she could take her coat off, and y'all can pull y'all's back up. I don't know, whatever. How hot? But that's they're really high though. How high do you think they are up there? Like 60, they, they 70 50 feet? feet. 50, 50 feet. feet. Yep. So that's 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 a gamble. Then that is a gamble. But hey, man, you're gambling with your life at this point. Because yeah, they talk about that exact thing that this is not going to be open for a week. And at first they talk about being stuck there for a week. And I'm sitting there like, y'all are in denial. Y'all are going to die. It ain't until a little later they that they actually are like, yeah, we're going to die if we stay up here. And Parker has got onset frostbite on her cheek. Her cheek's starting to turn red and rashy. So, not so I'm going to go ahead and start saying a couple things right now about this. So, uh, you know, Tibu that these these movies speak to me i love the the winter setting for sure i love the the helplessness anything like post-apocalyptic or anything like this where it's just isolation and and helplessness it's that's in my wheelhouse with the movie like this i do get that there's a lot of the quote-unquote suspension of disbelief but there are a bunch of things I noticed that just drove me nuts. And, you know, I, again, I've said this before on the show and, and it might be a, a tired argument that is I've made too many times, but I am from Northern Minnesota, the Canadian border. I've gone up into the depths of Canada in the dead of winter for a week camping and ice fishing and all of this. I just, there's a lot of this that I couldn't buy. Like you don't get frostbite that fast it, I mean, you can, but the thing that really irked me was fucking Lynch didn't have his hood up once the whole movie. Right. Like she had a, a, a scarf on both of their jackets. I know you can see me right now. Their jackets were like zipped down to here and they had the high cuff jackets uh, where when you zip it, it goes all the way up. Like that, that, that kind of stuff just fucking drove me nuts. And I felt just getting frustrated at this, like, hey, guess what? Like, you know when you're getting frostbite. Like, yeah, if it's wind, but I don't think it was cold enough where she would be getting it that fast, where you'd at least see it. The first stages of frostbite is your skin turns white. I just don't believe you're going to get it that fast. Yeah, I get it. You're in the mountains. You're on a you're on a, a chairlift. Trust me, I've been there, done that. Um, but you would at least recognize it, and you would zip your coat up all the way, and you would put your scarf on. Again, I know that it's a movie. And you need these devices to move the plot along, but I just feel like they could have done a better job as far as trying to sell me. And I get that I'm different from probably a lot of viewers that, you know, haven't or aren't been in those situations. They don't notice that, but it drove me nuts. It drove me fucking nuts. And there's a couple other things I'll wait to get to, but this is where watching this time around, I was like, give me a fucking break. I, I was also kind of put off by the fact that they weren't trying to bundle better. Um, they all should have huddled up and covered their faces. I don't understand why they didn't do that either. That's fucking they weird. They literally had the coats where if you zipped them up all the way, you would have like an inch for your eyes. 
Yeah, they'd basically have a Hajib or whatever that fucking yeah. Habib, whatever that thing's called. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, why they didn't. And the frostbite, you're correct in saying that they just needed to move the story. It's an hour and a half movie. She can't wait a few days or whatever to get frostbite. She needs to have it tonight because frostbite dies tonight. Um, <laughs> yeah. They're, now they're trapped up here. The storm is going to fucking come and set in, and they're they're getting barrage like a barrage of like the snow and it, it, what they say it feels like needles hitting them. Dan eventually decides that there's only one thing he can do. He's got to jump. He claims he's done it before, so he could do it again. He's like, even if I hurt myself, I can get down the mountain immediately. I'm like, no, bro, no, no, you cannot. No, you cannot. He fucking lifts up that safety bar that Parker loves having down. She just loves it. <laughs> and, I, and I'm i with her. I'm on her side. Okay. Leave that shit down, you stupid motherfuckers. I did like how fast it did move along to this point because it really starts to ramp up at this point. Mm-hmm. And, ooh, yeah, yep. There's, I was kind of surprised, too. Like, I myself would have been, like, you know, off and on, like, yeah, do I go? Do I not go? I, I feel like I would have yeah, waited a, a few more minutes, but he just kind of commits and he's like, fuck it. Yeah, he he tells Lynch too. He's like, I lied, man. I've never I've never jumped off of this before. <laughs> I lied my ass off. I'm like, fuck. So Dan decides to be the hero and he pays the price. Both his fucking legs rip up through his the bone. Compound <laughs> <laughs> fractures. Oh my God. God, this man. is one of the more effective scenes in a movie I've seen in a long time because, like, my fucking palms are sweaty just thinking about it. Like, I can, again, we just talked about you know fishing and hunting, and I go on these trips. Like, I I can gut my own deer, process at this that. I can watch any type of movie, but whenever you have gore like this, that's real. Dude, did I tell you the story about when I first moved down to Iowa? The first fucking, I joined a men's league hockey. The first game I've ever played down here, I watched some guy fucking skate into the boards, break his leg in half. By the time I skated up to him, Ugh. his white sock, like you could see it. It was a fucking movie. His white sock was just like spreading. It was like an Italian, oh. just oh. the blood. And I'm like, what the fuck? And he had like, it looked like he had two knees. That kind of shit just fucks with me so bad, like broken and dislocated. Holy fuck, dude. I can't. That's that body horror, man. Like Adam Green was bringing some body horror. And the fact that, yeah, he, your buddy had the giallo socks. This motherfucker had the goddamn giallo knees. Oh my God. He he was like, I can't feel my legs. I'm like, they're not together no more. That's why. (laughs) I was going to say, you don't really have legs left. No. And I love how he, it's the sense of dead weight that he seemed to have. He could not move his legs at all. Dude, they start throwing shit down to him. She throws her scarf down, and he is leaning forward trying Ugh. to get this fucking scarf. And you just, oh, my God. It was so effective. It was fucking disgusting, but so effective. Just you could hear the crunch every time he leans forward trying to grab this. Squ- and squishing and crunching <laughs> and oh my god. He had he oh. was sitting sitting in that squishy fuck and he, he does, he tourniquets his fucking legs, and then you hear a goddamn wolf howl. Yeah, you do that 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 
right away I was like, I know where this is going because he ain't coming out of this. The wolf is right in front of him. Right there. Biggest fucking day. And they managed to scare it off by throwing some more shit down at it. I think I think they actually kick off a snowboard and, and oh. throw it down there. So the wolf flees, but this is just momentary. You, you it's know, momentary. Fucked, that's one thing. Like this happened so early in the movie, you're like sorry bud you're done you're fucked yeah i knew and and eventually yeah the wolf pack comes back and that's when dan's like don't let her look and joe don't let don't let parker look but on the ground the wolves are fucking him up they are fucking his world they 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 rip they rip him to shreds they fucking do man that's the end of dan in in this in this picture i was sad to see him go i really was Uh, i i yeah effective very effective this scene in my opinion so now it's just parker and lynch parker doesn't have a a boyfriend anymore lynch doesn't have his best friend anymore and you get a fucked up scene where they start not blaming each other more more so lynch is basically attacking the hell out of parker and and and, you know this is your fault because of this and you lost your boyfriend but i lost my best friend and she starts crying and trying to apologize. And then so he apologizes in turn, realizing he's being just kind of a he's being an asshole, but out of like, uh, what would you call it? Like grief or or shock, you know? So he and but I, I mean, tell, she fucking had it coming because she blamed him first. So I would have been firing on. I would have just been guns blazing double barrels back at her. So. Yeah, but well, but I think she was right though. She said he wouldn't have listened to her, but he probably would have listened to him. And it's probably because they have that history. I'm not saying yeah, it was his but fault. She was like, it's your fault. You should have told Right. Me. Right. And know. she's I, yeah. she's she's wrong. She's wrong for that. They're both wrong for what they did. Oh, for sure. Yeah. It, it's just shock and grief and yeah. Anger. All of it. The whole situation, man. You're stuck up there. It's like I see it bottling like, you know. Uh, spilling over like all all these emotions at once so they 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 finally huddle up and they make it through the night it's the next day that she they start opens her eyes she sees dr ramsey standing over in the woods <laughs> <laughs> he's got that goddamn what did grindhouse call that an aplastosossal i don't know the orbital orbit orbit smack <laughs> he called it the i can't wait to have my samsonite <laughs> he said, "I can't wait to have my my back broken on that mountain, cause that's that's what he was all about. Uh, <laughs> his dead pit was getting filled up with that holy water. <laughs> um, attack him while he ain't here. That's our style. <laughs> yeah, no. Homegirl wakes up for real with her hand clutching the safety bar, her ungloved hand. Motherfucker, she had, she had tossed that glove." The night before you, you don't like this part. I, I hate it. it. You don't No, you don't. That doesn't happen. That doesn't, doesn't happen in any scenario. No. So what the film shows us is that she tries to take her very stiff, damn near frozen hand off of this uh, safety bar and the skin peels away. So I, so in my mind, I got a, a Christmas story vibes where they triple dog dare uh, yep. each other to stick their tongue to the pole. Yeah. So I thought I kind of to me it made sense. I was like, oh yeah, that sucks. No, I meant I, what I don't buy is the fact that she fell asleep and either fell asleep with her hand on that pole or 
pulled it out in in her sleep and put it out there. It, it just yeah. doesn't happen. You don't fucking do that. Like, I don't care how tired or in shock or whatnot you are. If it's as cold as it is, your hand doesn't come out of that fucking pocket. So, yeah. I mean, yeah, it was a cool scene. It was gross. You got to see the skin peel off. But yeah, yeah in the back of my head, I'm like, fuck out of here with that bullshit. It just that doesn't happen. I see what you're yeah, saying, though. I agree with fucking that. Jackets, jackets are quarter zip down. None of them. They're not wearing a fucking hood. Like, dude, <laughs> drive me nuts. Yeah, well, you know, boys, butts drive me nuts. Oh shit! You just throwing you just throwing these references out in this motherfucker. It's getting dumb and dumber up in this piece. <laughs> um, this movie doesn't get dumber and dumber though. I know, I know, you got the, the nitpicks, but uh, come on, man. Uh, they have a heartfelt scene here where they tell stories about Dan. Um, I thought that was very nice character building. And when Parker, who plays Parker, what's that actress's name? Emma Bell. When she breaks down thinking about her dog, she has a puppy at home. She realizes that the dog, the puppy is going to, it's waiting for her by the door like it always does. She knows that because it always does that. The puppy doesn't understand what she is or what she's doing or where she's going. That's just, it's God is her provider, lover, and Master not lover of the universe. Yeah. So this dog is just going to be waiting for her. When it comes to dogs, that shit breaks my heart. Dogs will fuck me up in a movie. That 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 really kills me. And the conclusion she comes to is this dog's going to think that she abandoned it and it's going to starve to death. And I, like, her reaction is so, like, that's some real, I don't even think that's acting. I think that chick was crying. I think she was in her feels thinking of because that is phenomenal. Like that that scene and her performance right there, I was she's the opposite of fucking Jane Doe from the Dead Pit. All right, yeah. Like that when she went into hysterics over her dog, that shit fucking yeah, hit it me was in done the well. And 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 I did like Adam Green has some. I mean, he's he's a good writer for sure. I mean, I did I did notice that. Maybe not on the level you did, but I, I mean, he puts a lot of real life. I don't want to say Quentin Tarantino because that's, but, but you understand what I'm saying though, is, is you mm -hmm. don't get that type of, of dialogue. So I thought that was pretty unique, I guess. Not really unique, but it was, it was, it was a good it's refreshing human moment. Yeah. Movie. It's the fact that, you know, and we're coupling these two movies together. So you, un. We don't always mean to, but sometimes we'll start fucking like we're doing tonight, throwing it back, you know, and, and kind of compare contrast thing, not because it, they actually synced up. Cause again, we choose these at random this time. I think the only real uh, uh, similarity is that they're both one location films, you know, that's about it. When it comes to uh, judging these two movies back and forth, since we did pick them, the human element of the previous film is pretty dry because the acting is so bad. The writing is not the best. The human element in this film is very real, very visceral, very heartfelt and sad. Uh, I, yeah, Adam Green did a fantastic job with writing this script and, and the actors did a fantastic job performing it for sure. It's 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 not long after this that I guess it's, it's like, OK, we got to figure something out. So Lynch is like, I'm going to scale 
this goddamn rope. What what is that thing called? That's holding the. It's a KO. Where, and Dan had told him like that 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 shit's fucking sharp as fuck. Actually, he had tried to scale it when Dan was still alive. Right, he tried to climb and go to the next chair back. Because there's a chair behind them. Yeah, and then when a, when and then, Dan was on the ground with his legs broken, he he tried to, but his gloves got shredded. Those cables have, like, that, the, a cable that thick, it's probably an inch or two inches thick, and it's made out of just, you know, I don't know, a thousand strands of, of steel wire. And the reason they're sharp is those steel wires will will break, and you just get these, like little like, little razor barbs up there where they're snapped, and it shredded his gloves, which... Yeah, that that's that part is, I I I buy that a hundred percent. Yeah, see, I having no experience with these cables, I'm like, how would it shred your gloves if you're just grabbing and holding and then grabbing and holding? You're not sliding your hands across them, right? So I don't I don't know. Yeah, so it's it's a cable is the exact same as a rope. It's just like a hundred plus many many strands of wire. But when those strands wear down and break, they're, you know, it, I mean, just look at a piece of rope. You're going to have a bunch of little strands of rope that are broken, but fucking it's a steel cable. It's like needles. Yeah. Every one of those that are broken is like a needle sticking up. So, yeah, I, I buy that 100 percent. Yeah, I, I mean, I'll take it. It's, it's more out of ignorance than, than actual doubt. But, um, yeah, so he did he did try climbing or uh, scaling it before. Is scaling the right word for this? Yeah. Yeah. So. He tries again now that it's just him and Parker because he's got to do fucking something. And sure enough, he gets to the other chair. Not without fucking Parker's goddamn uh, lift almost breaking and falling. Yeah, so, again, like nah, whatever. Like that That's a part of a movie that I'm not going to nitpick, even though it would never happen. You know, whatever. I'm not going to nitpick that. But. Why? 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 Because I, I, I don't know. Why would that not happen? Why could it not break on one side and just hang there? I mean, you just got this bolt that came out so conveniently. I mean, when's the last time you ever heard of a fucking chairlift falling off of a cable lift and killing someone? It just doesn't happen. I don't know. I yeah. If they were trapped up there for six months and there has been no maintenance, but it's it's you know, cinematic timing, whatever, but I'm not going to, I'm not going to fault it for that. And I'm not going to nitpick. So yeah. Oh, it, it was I, an added element of suspense. This, this is one of those movies that managed to get me to actually like rub my head in concern when things were happening and like sit up and go, Oh no. Like I was being like audible with this movie. I was reacting, um, having a lot of fun with it, but also it was, it was, it was getting me, man. It was getting me on my nerves bad. Again, the heights. I'm just like, fuck. So Lynch gets to that next chair. He's he's gotta he's gotta fucking go because homegirls, you know, she's on borrowed time. But what what's he what's he wanted to do? He's like throw my uh throw you know, throw his ski pole down so he has some kind of defense against the wolves. Yeah, because the goddamn wolves are back and they're waiting and they're hungry. Fucking Again, Dan, Dan was not really enough. Really nitpicky. Uh, you could talk about the fact that yeah, maybe these wolves would kill one person. Wolves, wolves don't kill randomly unless it's it's out of um, uh, like protection. So in a case like this, yeah, they might kill him because they're hungry, but they wouldn't come back again. But again, 
that's nitpicking and I'm not faulting it for that. The way I looked at it was like they saw them up there and they put two and two together and they're like, yeah, this is going to be an easy meal. These motherfuckers are going to keep falling. It's like a tree. It's like a human tree. They're, they're the apples. Wow. Yeah, gobble it up, bro. Lynch, she she tries to throw this fucking this ski pole, uh, fails miserably because it lands like just way far away from where he's going to end up coming down that tower. All these towers, there there's occasionally a tower holding up the you know the the ski lift as it goes, and these all these towers have ladders on it where, like you said, aforementioned maintenance could probably take place. People go up there and fucking do what they got to do. That's what I assumed it was for, and um, Lynch. Damn, dude. Like when I had this thought when he's getting close to the end of that cable that that actually attaches to the tower or passes through the tower. I'm like, I think my adrenaline would be so. Yeah, like I would have no problem getting there. I would just be like my my blood would be fire. I would just be there, dude. And I would be climbing down way faster than him there's just no way he climbs so slow i know his hands hurt they were all cut up from that that cable had done cut through his gloves cut through his hands he's fucked up the the wolves smell blood they smell that fucking blood and lynch gets down and it's 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 pretty much right away now he's got to fight these goddamn wolves so you go you go from being trapped hovering in the air where you're gonna freeze to death and star starve or freeze probably freeze first and now you got to deal with a pack of fucking wild animals that want to fucking eat your ass come on bro yeah it um it was suspenseful for sure because he runs over to his his snowboard straps in and you're like oh my god he's off and and i will say that i forgot how this this part played out so it was interesting to say the least yeah, homegirl eventually. Um, I forget she she. What is it she wants to do? She's trying to climb it to no right. No, so that the bolt holding the chair is slowly coming out, and I don't know if there's like some kind of safety cable or something on it, but the bolt comes out and the chair drops like I don't know 10, 20 feet, and it's like the cables letting loose it's going to it's going to rip and fall so she's dangling and she lets go just as the chairlift falls but it falls on her ankle and fucking crushes her ankle yeah i couldn't remember what she was doing to like if if she caused it to finally break and start falling i couldn't remember if she was doing something but yeah i was like okay cool she's closer to the ground and then god damn it the universe fucks her and hits her in the goddamn ankle with a ski lift <laughs> That's that's what the universe does in this movie, folks. It, it gets you eaten by wolves and has ski lifts fall on your fucking legs. She's she she's fucked up, but she's crawling, man. She's crawling her ass off. She's off. She's like, I'm going down the mountain. Fuck all this shit. And I, whenever she came across the wolves again, they're 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 tearing Lynch up. She sees Lynch's body. It's all mangled. To that shit. was that was really cool. I, I liked I liked this scene better than Dan's, just because of of just how gruesome it was. You didn't really see much with Dan, and that kind of perturbed me a little bit. But I loved like the slow pan because you see her, and you don't know what's going on at first. But just the way that 
her face is, you can tell something's fucked up. Yeah. And then you get that slow pan and you see like a leg here, a hand here, <laughs> you know, just fucking parts of them strewn across that, 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 that slope. It was, it was awesome. The so, wolves are there too. And they're fucking, they're eating. They're having a good old, a good time, bro. They say le bon ton roulet. And this one wolf is looking at her and right in the face. It's about to attack. And for whatever reason, the pack leader calls that wolf off. It's like, you know, gives it a, a bark. And that wolf is like, oh, okay, fuck it. I won't eat her then. Maybe it's the intensity in her eyes. I don't know. Or maybe they're like, we've had our fill. That's enough. For whatever reason, I, I kind of dug that little moment. And um, Parker keeps keeps on crawling. She keeps making her way down the, down the mountain. She even tries walking here and there to, to not you know, good effect that doesn't really help her out all that much, but she does eventually get down to a road and some man does eventually stop and pick her up. And the movie ends basically after this with the man driving, she's kind of, you know, nodding in and out. She's in and out of, I guess, consciousness because all the shit she's been through, she's probably dehydrated. She's definitely fucking starving. She's been, um, uh, beaten by the elements emotionally she's in tatters much like her ankle and her spirit i guess um but this guy is saying like he's bringing her to a hospital and she nods off and we get a, a title card at the end of the movie there it is frozen boom frozen 2010 as i said this is a rewatch for me it's been quite a bit of time in between I did want to revisit this one and I was kind of glad that you did pick it as far as my overall thoughts and rating, excuse me. Overall, I really, really wanted to love this movie because as I said earlier, this is a boss tuna type movie. It's that cold Northern climate winter setting. I love those. I love the isolationist. I love the helplessness you, you feel with this. I do like these slow burns for sure where I'm, coming in at is I was overall disappointed. I know it sounded like you kind of enjoyed the characters, but for me, the characters, they're not likable and it didn't make me want to root for them Ooh. right away. In the beginning, you get these kind of like, you know, between Lynch and, and Dan, you get these kind of douchebag type college frat dudes. And they're, you know, trying to cheat the system, if you will. And, you know, try to, you know, have the girlfriend go and get them on the, on the lift uh, kind of thing. Lynch comes off as kind of a player douche as well, too. And there are a couple, I almost want to say throwaway lines and scenes where you try, you know, they, they try to get you the, the, like we talked about before the human element of him, but he's kind of a player and they make it clear because they're like, you know, well, how come you never have a girlfriend? And he talks about that one girlfriend, you know, freshman year, but you know, he's always playing with the chair. Anyways, just not likable characters. I, they didn't really do anything for me that I was really rooting for them and sad. Very effective scenes that we talked about. My favorite scene was Dan jumping because that was just disgusting. The gore effects were phenomenal in this as well. I do get that you need to do a lot of suspension of disbelief, but the biggest thing for me is when you've got three people that are in college and every one of them forgets their phone or leaves their phone in a locker. I'm like, get out of here. Like that just doesn't happen. None of them have cell phones. 
which is just ridiculous. The whole idea of them not bundling up, not using their scarf, not zipping up all the way, her hand out, like there's just so much that I cannot overlook. And I get that I watched this movie different from probably a lot of people just because, you know, I did grow up in a Northern climate and I've done all this as well. I was bored through a lot of it and I was just disappointed. It, it, it just kind of dragged on for me. I don't know. I don't want to rain in your parade, but I'm coming in at a four and a half. Um, this is below average. <laughs> average. I was fucking cool. disappointed. Those parts that I talked about bothered me so much that it just pissed me off. Wow. It does have some cool scenes. I appreciate all the practicality of the effects and the, the real wolves, but it was just so stupid. It was so stupid on some of those parts and scenes. The characters fucking suck. They were boring. Um, yeah, I just, I couldn't, it just, you know, there's a couple things I can oversee and overlook when it comes to the cell phones and the not bundling up and her somehow forgetting her fucking hand is freezing outside on a metal bar. Like just, I'm like, I'm over it. I'm fucking done. I'm over it. This movie's dumb. It's fucking stupid. And I no, I'm, I'm done fucking four and a half out of 10. You're lucky. You're lucky. You got that half point. I want to bring Adam green on the show and let him, let him hear that, that, that audio clip. I would, I would <laughs> be like eight out of 10. Love it. <laughs> yeah. Well, I'll save you. Um, Yo, I mean, my final thoughts are going to kind of bounce off of some of the things you didn't like. I did like the characters a lot. I didn't find them to be douchebag frat guys. They just seemed like two friends. I don't know. I didn't I didn't get a frat vibe at all. Um, I don't even know where you're getting that from. Maybe frat isn't, but they, they just seem like a couple douchey college guys. Like you mean you mean young kids? No, they seem I like mean, they seem like young guys. They seem like young kids. Right. Yeah. I just feel like they didn't do anything to make them likable or make you want to root for them. I liked well. What made me root for them, honestly, was their interactions with each, with each other. They all felt like they were friends, and yeah. I, 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 when, whenever, whenever, um, Parker was kind of starting to get insecure that Dan never touched her face or gave her baby names, like cute cutie names, he immediately started trying because he actually cared about her. He even told his friend, like dude, I've got a girlfriend now. Like, what do you want me to do? Like, I'm, I'm, I'm spending time with her as well. So I, I just, there, there's certain, certain things for me. I like the characters. And when Dan died, I was sad. I was upset that Lynch died. I was happy Parker lived. Um, I, mean, I was upset too. I mean, I, I'm not saying that they're awful characters and you hate them and want to see them. I just felt like if I'm being honest, it was a little bit lazy and they could have done some things to make them more likable. Like, you know, make, make, I don't know, make uh Lynch a little bit more endearing instead of being this, you know, player that's always trying to pick up. I don't know. I mean, that, that was the other thing. Um, I don't think he's really that much of a player. He might talk to ladies, but they all, but like they said, you never have a girlfriend. Like you talk to women, but you never have a girlfriend. And then he tells a story that reveals his insecurities. Yeah. So it, to me, it did. It, it did, did have make that. efforts for sure. Yeah, and then there were yeah. some human elements that we talked about for sure. When you know she's talking about her dog, and you're like, "Oh yeah, no, I can get it." Um, and they did have some good interactions. I mean, it was a good, you know, save face after they're fighting with each other, and then the next yeah story. So yeah, I mean, but again, I'm not saying it's it's all one sided. 
coming off the dead pits acting versus this acting, I'm just gonna say, it, man. Well. I'm yeah. not gonna say anything about the acting, yeah. So all those points that we're both making that may, maybe they don't work for you as much, but they were working for me. And the also the reason they don't have their cell phones, they talk about right at the beginning of the movie. The reason they're there is to leave everything else behind. Yeah, that's why. I'm, yeah, that's why they they say like. She, she talks about maybe she'll go back to the room. They can go have their last run on the mountain. And it's like, no, because you're just going to go check your messages and your mom's going to be bothering you. We're not here for that. We're yeah. here to ignore all of life's bullshit and just enjoy nature and being out here. And so you're right. I, I did catch that. But the fact that all three of them just left it in a locker. I mean, I'm just like. But the movie, I'm oh, saying wow. the movie explains it for its own purposes. Right. So if you question it beyond that, you, you're, you, I mean, I'm just saying the movie tries to explain it. Right, right, right. It might not be believable, but that's what those three characters did. So that's what they chose to do. Well, yeah. And, and again, every single movie where this happens, because there's a lot of movies where someone conveniently doesn't have a cell phone. Filmmakers are smart enough nowadays to, hey, we need to put a throwaway line in there because of this. I get that. I did catch it. It's just, I felt it's a feeble attempt and I don't fucking buy it. So, I mean, yeah, turn your ringers off or something, you, you know, or turn your phone off, but just to leave it in, you know what I'm saying? It's some, some people do, do do that though. They'll leave their phone and go for a jog or whatever, like just to not have it. I guess I, yeah. So it's coming out. It's just some certain things between like how we watched it is just, that's the difference, but um, yeah, for me, I like the characters. Really enjoyed the performances. I thought the the whole structure of the movie was good, even if some of the scenes to someone who has more experience um, in that type of environment, which I didn't spend a whole life growing up in that, but I did live in uh, New Jersey for five years, and they have winters, and it ain't extreme, but it's cold. Um, like so I get some of that, but I've never been in a situation where I'd have frostbite or know what my hand would do if it was stuck to a rail or whatever. Um and, or if wolves would come back to eat me. <laughs> so all that for me is just watching the movie move along and it kept my attention. It it not only kept it, it was just it it had it like fixated. Adam Green had me fixated on that shit. And um as it moved along, the the the, the tension and the, you know the the suspense kept building and building and building. I was like, "Fuck, what is going to happen next?" Like the, I, I I was impressed by how much of a story he got out of that premise. Again, going back to what I started this off with, when you have just a few characters, not even a handful, and one single location, and you can pull off an hour and a half or more depending on the movie, but this movie an hour and a half solid. That's just, that's hard. That's a hard way to tell a story. You could do a lot. Uh, you could tell a different story and have a lot more, um, a lot more chances of success, I guess you'd say perhaps. So I'm, I'm very impressed by that. The ending is the one thing that I'm kind of a little let down on. It just kind of puttered out. You know, you, 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 I don't even think this movie had a climax. Honestly, it, it to me, it didn't. Um, um, Parker just kind of I mean, crawls away. As 
you, you well, you, you didn't necessarily have an antagonist. I mean, you had the final girl, final girl that got away. I mean, I guess you could say the wolves and that chairlift were the antagonist, but nature, nature was the antagonist. Yeah, this is yeah, a man, human like, versus nature story. Yeah. And to be honest, I, I was so wrapped up with being frustrated with everything else. I didn't really notice. I guess the ending was kind of a blessing for me. And I'm like, thank you. Release me from this hell. But now that you mentioned that, yeah, I can kind of see it was uneventful. I guess. Yeah. I mean, it's it. I, I like the wolf scene where where the one the the pack leader is like, nah, that's enough. Enough blood has been spilt on this day on these snowy snowy hills. So that 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 was kind of like, all right. And then she just kind of gets away. I, felt, I guess I maybe wasn't paying attention enough on that, but I felt like that one wolf like bark because like someone was like biting on his part of the meat, and the other wolf looked back and was like, oh hey, look, there's food here. And then he came. I mean, I don't know. That's a different scene. Yeah. We just had a different perspective on that scene. Yeah. yeah. So all that being said, Adam Driver fucking nailed it for me on this. Adam Driver did. Uh Adam Green nailed it, nailed it for me on this. Um yeah, man. I'm 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 giving this an eight point seven five out of ten. I really, really, really like yeah. this. I, I can't give it a nine because of that fucking ending. It just didn't have anything there. Um, but everything else. I've got no problem with this movie. There's so many nuances and and for me, good choices that were made for a tight movie like this. One location, three characters, keep it moving along, have me glued. I watched this movie again. I probably will, but um, I don't think it ever go. I don't think it ever be able to be like a nine out of ten. Definitely not a ten out of ten. I, just, I knew you were going to come in higher on this, and I'm like, I want to know where you're at on a rewatch. But I'm going to say probably like December, January of 2032, we're going to give this 10 years and I'm going to make you rewatch this and we're going to revisit it. And I'm going to see kind of where you're at. If you come, I, down. I don't think I'd come down, but I also don't think I'd go up again. That ending, man, it's just, there's nothing there. And when it ended, I was, I was, I sat, I was sitting there just kind of like, oh, fuck that. You took me on such a ride, man. Like, why did it end so uneventfully? Like, but maybe that's how those stories do end sometimes. She didn't have to fight. Like you said, there's no real out to get her antagonist. The wolves are just being wolves. They're not out to get anyone. They're just getting it. They're just fucking eating. Nature's not out to get anyone. It's just naturing. It's just doing what it does. You know, the fucking elements. The ski lift wasn't evil. Um, the fucking staff at the hotel or the the ski resort weren't. I mean, they were assholes, but they weren't trying to kill anybody. So there was no villain. Yeah. So for me to expect some sort of climax is a, maybe a little foolhardy, but yeah, still can't shake it, man. Not not my favorite ending. I like that she gets away, though, and they told her like more than once throughout the movie, you're not dying up here, Parker. And sure enough, she does not. So yeah. 8.75, buddy. Awesome, awesome. Well, this is a part of the show where we tell you to stay tuned for some movies, but as previously hinted at earlier in the show, we are going to be coming out with the Joe Blow Horror Show Oktoberfest, where we're going to have a couple episodes, could be two, could be three, could be four, depends, and we are going <laughs> to, yeah, I wish, yeah, that, that face right there tells me I'm getting a little bit too <laughs> 
We'll say a couple episodes of the Joe Blow Horror Show Oktoberfest. What is Oktoberfest, you say? Well, it's what you expect of Oktoberfest. It's a lot of beer drinking. It's a lot of fun. It's a lot of shenanigans. We're going to have some special guests. We're going to have some cool movies we talk about. One of the episodes is already recorded and in the bank. And that's going to be coming out to you guys here within probably a few days of this one coming out. And that's going to be a banger. We're starting off the Joe Blow Horror Show Oktoberfest with an episode that is going to have a writer and a producer of one of my favorite movies from 2018. It was on my top five of the end of the year list. So I'm going to I'm going to say it right now for the listeners, too. I'm unfortunately not on that recording, but damn it, did I want to be? Yeah. Yep. The schedules just did not work. Um, usually we can be pretty, pretty uh, lenient with the schedule, but when we had someone like this, I, you know, I know T boo's out on the road working and, and it didn't work that night, but, uh, I couldn't, I couldn't reschedule. So it's, it was, it was your homeboy boss tuna just holding it down. So <laughs> anyways, any final thoughts you want to leave our listeners with? I don't ever want to be frozen in, in the dead pit because when I'm in the when I'm in that dead pit, I want to be hard. I want to be strong. I want to be able to thrust mightily, hugely. Yeah, and I can tell you where they went wrong was Christian should have just fucking blown that water tower sooner, and all that water would have came down the ski hill and turned it into a big ice luge. <laughs> They could have scooted down the hill faster and gotten away from those wolves. So they kind of fucked it up. But I picture wolves like sliding down the hill on their backs, just yeah. like, rawr, rawr, like yeah. none of them fucking have control and shit. And fucking Dr. Ramsey's is like sliding face fucking first, two lobotomy fucking tools in hand, yep. just stabbing wolves Your as he eyes goes. just glowing and just, <laughs> yeah, fuck yeah. Sweet. All right, friends, I hope uh, you enjoyed the show. I hope you're looking forward to the Joe Blow Horror Show Oktoberfest. And lastly, I hope it was as good for you as it was for us. Boom.
in my coffin She was nowhere to be seen Was it all a dream? Who can I believe? It can't be what it seems It was only Halloween What does it all mean? 